Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Happy Sunday. It's Misty. This is Lattes and Legends. Cue music. Um, hi, this is episode 41 ish well, I don't know um it's Sunday night happy daylight savings happy my mom's birthday happy international women's day yeah March 8th feeling good um I'm drinking some beer this one is a true blonde from ska brewing our local amazing brewery um yeah hi I I've had quite the busy day today. I went on a hike, which was awesome. Hi, Brittany and Emma, Dolly, if you're listening. And then I went to some films for the film fest. So it's been busy and it's nice to finally relax. And so I'm having a delicious beer beverage. So cheers. Um, I want to say thanks to all the new Facebook likes all the new Instagram followers. Uh, guys, I'm really trying on Instagram. I really am. And I'm trying on Twitter. I have this whole group of people on Twitter and they're, we're all independent podcasters and you guys are amazing and you guys retweet everything and I try so hard to keep up. It's tough. So I'll try better. I'm sorry. Um, I still have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash lattes and legends. I'm not sure if I will have an episode next week, and here is why. It's my spring break, I'm going to Richmond, and I am going to be there for a week. And so the day I get back is a Sunday, I feel, if I'm feeling froggy, I'll do a podcast, if not, I'll be sleeping, um, but we'll see. 
thanks for all the reviews after I ask you guys for them. I would love more. So if you listen to my podcast, if you give me a five-star review on Apple, that would be awesome. And maybe one day I'll have sponsors and I can tour the world with my thoughts or something. Uh, Yeah, so today I'm going to pop right into this. I know the girls on my hike were probably really tired of me talking about Cursed Films, but this is Cursed Films Part 1. Uh, and so I'm talking today about Rosemary's Baby and The Omen. Dun, dun, dun. Rosemary's Baby is probably one of my favorite films of all time. Mia Farrow in that movie just makes my heart skip a beat. She's so cute. I love her and her freckles and her little mod haircut she's just the cutest all right so my sources the horror movies blog.com faroutmagazine.co.uk cbsnews.com vanityfair.com mentalflossroadshow.com.au and you guessed it good old wikipedia um so if you haven't seen rosemary's baby you're probably like, what is it about? I can tell you. So Rosemary's Baby was made in 1968. It's an American horror film that was written and directed by Roman Polanski based on the book Rosemary's Baby by Ira Levine. Ira Levine also write, wrote The Stepford Wives, if you are curious. Um, the cast is Mia Farrow, Mia Farrow uh, John Cassavetes, Ruth Gordon, Sydney Blackmer, Maurice Evans, Ralph Bellamy, Angela Dorian, Clay Tanner, and Charles Grodin, which this was his first feature film. Fun fact. So the movie is about Rosemary. Um, she's pregnant, and she suspects that there's an evil cult in her apartment building that wants to take her baby and use it in their rituals. Da, da, da. Rosemary's Baby deals with themes related to paranoia, Christianity, and the occult. Um, the film earned almost universal acclaim for its from film critics and won numerous awards that year. In 2014, the film was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, um, and they deemed it culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Um, so. Just a side note, when I first saw The Devil's Advocate, I f- compared it a lot to this movie. Um, they are very similar to me, uh, but in just really different ways. And we could go down that rabbit hole, but we won't right now. So, in 1965, Guy and Rosemary Woodhouse move into the Bramford apartment building in New York City. While touring the apartment for the first time, they notice that a large high boy is moved in front of the closet door in the hallway. So they move it, open the closet door, only to find a vacuum cleaner. Their friend Hutch tries to dissuade them from taking the apartment, informing them of the Bramford's association with cannibalism and murder. Hmm. Upon moving into the apartment, Rosemary meets a young woman, a young woman, sorry, named Terry. She's a recovering drug addict and she is living with Minnie and Roman um, Castavet in the apartment, in their apartment. And they're like this really creepy old couple. 
Um, so they took her in off the streets. She looks at Terry's necklace that apparently Minnie gave to her, and she notices that it smells really funny. Um, and then we learn that it's Tana's root. So one night, Guy and Rosemary get home, and they discover that Terry threw herself out of the Cassavette's apartment on the seventh floor. So ooh, that was kind of creepy for them. Um, so they quickly become friends with this old couple. Minnie gives the necklace to Rosemary. That's a good luck charm. And it still smells pretty weird. Guy lands a roll. Um, in a play. And the reason he got the role was because the other actor, yep, went blind totally unexpectedly. Mm. So after he lands this big role, he's like, hey, Rosemary, let's get pregnant. Have a baby. Um, so on the night that they are trying to conceive, the old lady Minnie brings them some chocolate mousse. Rosemary complains that it tastes funny. It has a weird undertaste, and she just eats a little bit of it. Um, she passes out, basically, as if she was drugged. And she has a dream that she's raped by a demonic presence in front of Guy, the Cassavettes, and other people that live in the building. Hmm. Uh, when she wakes up the next morning, she finds these weird scratches all over her body. Guy tells her that they had sex while she was passed out um, because he didn't want to miss the chance to impregnate her. Hmm. Good old men in the 60s. Don't you just love it? So Rosemary insists that he could have waited until the morning or the next night and she's kind of pissed. Which, I mean, wouldn't you be? Um, when she tells Guy... Oh, sorry. Uh, she learns that she's pregnant uh, and then she learns that the due date is June 28th, 1966. So when she tells Guy, he insists that um, this is a new way for them to talk to each other and communicate better and more openly. Mm -hmm. um, so she finds a doctor, Dr. Hill, which her friend Elise suggests. But dear old Minnie um, says that she just needs to go see someone else. And so they have a doctor, Dr. Saperstein. Um, and he tells her that Minnie will start making her some healthy drinks that she can drink daily. However, in the first three months of her pregnancy, Rosemary suffers abdominal pain. She gets super skinny, very pale, and she starts to crave raw meat and chicken liver. When Hutch sees her condition and hears about the tannis root, he's super disturbed and decides to start researching um but before he could tell rosemary all this stuff he falls into a coma rosemary tells guy that she wants to go see dr hill instead and that makes guy really angry so there's just a lot of shit that's like not working in rosemary's favor like everyone makes her feel delusional basically but she's like i know like shit's not right um so uh, suddenly, after she tells Guy that she's going to Dr. Hill, the pains just disappear and she can feel the baby move for the first time. Three months later, Hutch dies. But 
Before he dies, he gives a book to his friend Grace um, to give to Rosemary. And it's a book about witchcraft. And there's a message in the front that says the name is an anagram. So Rosemary is like, oh, whose name is going to be an anagram? So first she thinks that it's Roman Cassavet. Uh, and it's an anagram for Stephen Marcado, who is the son of a former resident of the apartment complex who was accused of being a Satanist. So she immediately suspects that her neighbors and Dr. Saperstein are all part of this huge satanic cult, coven, what have you. And she just knows that they want her baby. And she figures that her husband Guy is cooperating because he is getting better roles and his, he's advancing in his acting career. So things are looking up for him. Meanwhile, Rosemary is like freaking the fuck out. Which, why not? Satanists that want your baby? Hmm, I'd be freaking out too. So, alright, so... Mm -hmm. Rosemary's still going to see Dr. Hill. Um, and she is, she's been sharing how scared she is with him. Uh, Dr. Hill thinks she's delusional. I mean, everyone thinks she's delusion, delusional. So he calls Dr. Saperstein and Guy. Uh, they tell her that, that she needs to cooperate with everyone. Um, and they won't hurt the baby. So Rosemary attempts to lock Guy and Dr. Saperstein out of the apartment, but the coven members have already infiltrated her apartment and started to restrain her. She goes into labor. Dr. Saperstein sedates her, and when she wakes up, she's told the baby's dead. She refuses to believe that. She hears the baby cry in the old people's apartment, and she secretly stops taking the pills that the coven told her to take. Um, in the hall closet that previously was blocked by the big cabinet, she discovers a secret door that leads to the Cassavet's apartment, and here's the baby again. She finds a congregation made up of the building's tenants, as well as Dr. Saperstein, gathered around this newborn baby, and she hears it crying. Um, it is remarked upon that he has his father's eyes, to which... Rosemary protests that the baby's eyes are nothing like Guy's. Roman then explains to Rosemary that Guy is not the father of her child. Her newborn child, named Adrian by the coven, is actually the son of the devil. Yep, that's it. Roman urges her to become a mother to her son, as the other women are way too old. Guy attempts to calm her by explaining to her that they are being rewarded generously by having the devil's child and that they conceive a second child. It will truly be theirs, but she spits in his face. Minnie tells Rosemary that she should be honored to be the woman chosen to bear a child for Satan. Uh, one of the coven members rocks that baby's cradle too quickly, causing him to cry harder. Um, Rosemary is very reluctant to go up to the cradle, but she starts to rock him and then the movie ends with this like little smirk on her face. So that's the plot of Rosemary's Baby. Alright, so let's talk. Rosemary's Baby um, was going to be produced and directed by William Castle. He was a B-movie director. Um, he made a lot of cheap 
films, cheap horror films in the 50s. Um, but everyone was like, oh, he's a genius. He's great. Um, he had lots of gimmicks, like the buzzing theater seats. There were in-theater nurses and life insurance policies in case audience members died of fright. Hmm. Um, so he made a lot of money, but by the mid-60s, he was really tired of making films. Uh, so Castle acquired the film rights to Rosemary's Baby. And at the time, Ira Levine had not published the novel. So Castle was like, he was ready to make this movie. Uh, and he felt like he didn't have to do any gimmicks to sell it. So this fell through. And the job was given to the very young Roman Polanski. Um, Castle did end up producing the movie. And there's also some cameos. There's a cameo of him in the movie. He's an impatient guy waiting for the film booth uh, that Rosemary uses to call for help. And I believe she was calling Dr. Hill at the time, I think. All right, so despite some production trouble, i.e. Mia Farrow's husband at the time was Frank Sinatra. He, ser he, does, he served her divorce papers in front of the entire cast and crew. Uh, Rosemary's Baby was a huge hit. It earned critical acclaim, huge box office returns, and it was by far the most successful thing that Castle ever touched. Um, yeah. But his new fame came with a price. And this is where the curse of Rosemary's Baby starts. It started with letters. So according to his autobiography, Step Right Up, I'm Gonna Scare the Pants Off America, he began receiving 50 plus hate letters a day. Um, people were just astonished that he had any part in making this movie. One letter said, quote, you have unleashed evil on the world, bastard, believer of witchcraft, worshiper at the shrine of Satanism. My prediction is you will slowly rot during a long and painful illness, which you have brought upon yourself. Oof, yikes. Um, he did start to get worried. All these letters were just horrible. One said, quote, the story of Rosemary's baby was happening. Oh, no, this was him. Sorry. The story of Rosemary's Baby was happening in my life, which is all of them were casting their spell and I was becoming one of the principal players. Ooh. He began experiencing excruciating groin pain from a blockage in his urinary tract. Over the course of a few months, his kidney stones reoccurred again and again, and he was just debilitated. During one of his trips to the emergency room, Castle is said to have called out, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. Ooh. Rosemary's baby was receiving Academy Awards, but he was not celebrating. In fact, he was ruminating about the evil that he had brought into the world. And he said, quote, all my life I have yearned for applause, approval, and recognition of my peers. And when the awards were being passed out, I no longer cared. I was at home, very frightened of Rosemary's baby. Oh, yikes. Um, so he lived until 1977. And he was always carrying this burden around with him. Um, I don't know how he died. I didn't get that. Uh, but yeah, so people that knew him were always like, oh, he just carried this curse around with him. 
constantly. Um, oh, scary. Um, and then there was a death of the composer, um, Christoph Kometa. I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly. It's spelled really weird. Um, while Castle was in and out of the hospital with kidney stones, Rosemary's Curse claimed its first life. Composer Kometa was a pioneer of European jazz and Polanski's go-to composer. He crafted the score, the lullaby, every part of this, even the song sung by Mia Farrow in the movie. Um, he would never score another film after Rosemary's Baby. A few months after the film was released, he died of cerebral hemorrhage. He was 38 years old. His death may seem like a coincidence, but let's think about this. He died of the very thing that kills Rosemary's friend Hutch in the film. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Like Hutch's fictional death, the cause of Kometa's deadly blood clot is murky. Some say it was caused by a car accident or a skiing mishap. Others report that a friend pushed him down the slope while they were drunk. While any of these mishaps could have been the cause of this deadly hematoma, his blood clot was sent directly from hell, according to some. Um, and this is what gave Rosemary's baby curse its power. Oh, yikes, yikes, yikes. Here we go. Here's another one. Another producer on the film, Robert Evans, was also in for his share of bad luck. He was arrested for cocaine possession, falsely tried for a murder, and suffered multiple strokes in his life. When Ira Levine just... Writer Ira, sorry, writer Ira Levine um, also suffered at the hands of the alleged curse. His wife left him shortly after the film's release, and he got constant death threats from the Catholic Church. Not to mention Polanski's fall from directorial, um, what am I saying? Polanski was like a super famous director and like the young prodigy director. Um, but in 1977, he assaulted a 13 year old girl, which, um, he left America for that. Um, so that's a lot going on. I know, but wait, there's more. So there's a Charles Manson connection here. If you know the story about Roman Polanski, and where he used to live. I'm gonna take a sip of my beer on that note. Cheers. All right, if one person bears the most responsibility for Rosemary's Baby, it's the director, Roman Polanski. So, um, they could basically, they could have called this movie Roman's Baby because he, um, wrote the screenplay and basically took it on himself. Like all this, yeah, it was crazy. Um, so he couldn't have asked for a more perfect life if he had sold his soul. Polanski had his choice of huge film projects after this. He spent his free time jetting to impossibly glamorous destinations all over the world. He married Sharon Tate, who many said was the most beautiful woman alive at the time. So he originally wanted her to play the lead, but instead um, she's in the party scene. Um, she uh, 
did some movies also. Eye of the Devil, Fearless Vampire Killers, um, which Polanski also directed. So on August 9th, 1969, Rosemary's Baby was still in theaters, and Tate and three of her high school class friends were having a dinner party um, at the home that she shared with Polanski. She was eight months pregnant. She was entertaining her hairdresser to the stars, Jay Sebring, coffee heiress, Katie Folger, and, um, oh, I didn't get his name, another screenwriter. Ooh, that sucks. I'm sorry, guys. Um, but Polanski was out of the country at the time, and around midnight on Cielo Drive, um, Tex Watson and some murder hippies that were drugged up pulled up to the house um i know where you guys well i know where this goes from here but a lot of people don't if you do not please read up on the cielo drive murder um or if you've seen once upon a time in hollywood which i really liked a lot of people hated it i really liked that it was a happy ending on Cielo Drive and not this one. So Tex Watson and these murder hippies were all part of Charles Manson's cult. Um, Charles Manson told them to do something witchy. So they did. Tex and company crawled through the dark yard, silently cut the, man the mansion's phone lines and burst into the house. Watson said, I'm the devil and I'm here to do the devil's business. Um, and then they started. Um, in all, the four victims were stabbed 102 times. Tate was the last to die. Um, her last moments, according to the Manson murder hippies, were spent pleading for her unborn child's life and calling for her mother. Um, one of the murder hippies, Susan Atkins, was once a follower of Anton LaVey. She's the one that stabbed Tate to death, drank her blood, and then wrote pig on the walls of the mansion in her blood. Not one um, person is really certain why this group chose this house, but here's the thing. This house used to belong to the music producer that Charles Manson um, tried to get his music recorded through, and this guy was, was not having Charles Manson's um, musical talent or lack thereof and so according to some he wanted to get back at this man i don't remember his name sorry guys um and so he thought he still lived there um and that's why he sent them to this house that's one theory uh some even suggest that polanski's hollywood fame was a result in a deal he made with a coven of occultists much like guy and rosemary's baby um, yeah. So, uh, Manson was trying to pin murders on the Black Panthers and, uh, he basically, um, God, they called this murder incident Helter Skelter. And if you know anything about Charles Manson and the Manson family and their link to the Beatles, it brings up Helter Skelter and the White Album, which also brings us to 
That's right, the John Lennon connection. Da, da, da. So the Beatles were not sending messages realistically to Charles Manson, um, which he thought they were. And he thought that the White Album was totally about murder and the devil and killing. And it, I mean, let's face it, he was on a lot of acid. And with a lot of acid, you could probably think anything. So um, there are connections, though between the death of John Lennon and Rosemary's Baby. Uh, so, here we go. A lot of people on the internet have suggested that the lyrics to Imagine are directly related to Satanism, and the song is to imagine a world without religion. I.e., what? Yeah. But, it's not a rejection of God, it's just... Guys, it's just a song. This was not about being Satan. Um, there's a conspiracy theory that uh, Lennon was friends with Mia Farrow and Roman Polanski. The cover of the Imagine album bears a slight resemblance to the artwork used for Rosemary's Baby. Uh, but, uh, okay. And then there's like this whole thing about the release date of Imagine adds up to 666. It's pretty ridiculous. But the one thing that most people um, see is that there's a connection to the Dakota building. It was built in 1884. It's a very gothic, gothic building. Um, and that's where they filmed the outside shots of Rosemary's Baby. That was to be the Bramford in the movie. In real life, John Lennon and Yoko Ono lived in an apartment at the Dakota and then that's when John Lennon was shot by Mark David Chapman in 1980. Um, Chapman wasn't into Rosemary's Baby or the Beatles. He had this thing about John Lennon um, and according to some he like would psych himself up to go meet John Lennon um, he even said, alone in my apartment in Honolulu, I was stripped naked and put on the Beatles and prayed to Satan to give me strength. I prayed for my demons to enter my body and give me the power to kill John Lennon. So we don't know if it was Satan or what, but he did end up shooting John Lennon to death in the same spot where Rosemary's Baby was filmed. Uh, and many people think that he was the last, that John Lennon was the last victim of this curse um so it looks like i'm only gonna do rosemary's baby tonight so i guess i'll have to record part two soon because i have it all written out so um before i go over i'm gonna say some really quick interesting facts about this movie rosemary's baby um when evans was offered when evans offered polanski the film that's when he decided to write the screenplay himself uh, it was easy for him. He was agnostic. Um, and so he pretty much knew what he was talking about. He set out to tell a story um, that you could perceive everything that happened to Rosemary as if something she's imagining or like she's delusional. Um, Ira Levine made drawings of the Bramford prior to shooting the movie. Um, and then he like drew out layouts of the apartment so that helped with the filming of the movie. 
um, Polanski, when he was writing the screenplay, drew pictures of how he wanted the cast to look. Um, he wanted to draw each apartment resident and give them a particular look. And he thought that if he had sketches of them, it would be easier for them to cast the movie. Um, Robert Redford was the first choice for Guy Woodhouse. Hmm, interesting. Um, but he was locked into a contract at the time, so he was unavailable. There are some other choices. Robert Wagner. Ooh, Robert Wagner. That's another tale for another time. Anybody know Robert Wagner? Natalie Wood. Uh, Richard Chamberlain and Jack Nicholson also tested for the role, which him and Roman Polanski were very close friends. And Jack Nicholson also was one of the people that supported him when all the pedophilia shit went down. So uh, lots of opinions on that. Anyway, um, another fun fact to me, a pharaoh was not his first choice. We did talk about that. Um, that actually Sharon Tate was his first choice. Um, I talked a lot. I talked a lot, a lot, a lot. But I love this movie. Guys, if you've never seen Rosemary's Baby, go watch it now. Um, and my next podcast, part two of Cursed Films, will be the Omen movie curse. So that will be, you know, I'll try to record it on Friday and it'll be for next Sunday. And so that way, um... I won't miss spring break. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll record and you'll love it and it'll be amazing. Um, so yeah, go watch Rosemary's Baby. I'm going to finish my beer, finish laundry, and I hope everyone has a wonderful evening. Happy Daylight Savings. And guys, please don't go sell your souls to a cult. You just might end up in a cursed film. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from AdWanted UK.